Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we are here for another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. And today I have two of my favorite guests, the executive director of SACAM, Miss Deborah Amawali Jarman, and one of my favorite um, gurus of tacit growth strategies, <laughs> Luana Chambers Lawson. Hi, Hello. ladies. Hey. So, anything interesting been happening lately? <laughs> <laughs> we all we have a new president away. <laughs> yes, we do. And yeah. a new vice president elect that we're calling Black Girl Magic. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Once again, Black Woman Magic. So, did we ever think we would see this day? I mean, I know I, I, I didn't, I just couldn't have imagined it. I did not imagine that the first female, yeah. one rung from the top <laughs> would be yeah. an African-American woman. So I believe the day could happen for sure. Mm-hmm. But I did not think she would be the first woman. I know. That would be, you know, and it would be African American. I did After not. President Obama. Now, that was something that I didn't believe I'd see in my lifetime, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Was President yeah. Obama. Yeah. But after President Obama, I said, okay, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle, okay, our first lady, showed mm. the world how incredible black women were. Just in yeah. case they didn't know, <laughs> they knew with her. So Kamala <laughs> certainly had a stage set for her, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I'd see it. Me either. And to have someone who is so uh, wonderful with such a presence, a constitutional attorney. I mean, you're talking about somebody that is that understands how the country works, that actually understands how the country works, how how the processes are and why they're in place, what what the the uh, legal system is, <laughs> and how to follow okay. it. You know, I mean, that's a, an exciting thing to have someone of that caliber, uh, especially mm-hmm. since we've been, you know, I, there are some people that think it's a great idea to have folks who have, have never done a job before do the job <laughs> because you they're you know their thinking is well you know you're going to get some fresh ideas and fresh eyes and all of this stuff and <clears throat> there's some truth to fresh ideas and fresh eyes but there is in also business. yeah in business <laughs> not in, in business. running the country in business but there is also <laughs> there is also a great deal of of nuance that goes on in running a country and especially running a country when there's there's major problems going on. Mm-hmm. We got a pandemic happening. We got social injustice happening. You got to have some degree of of uh, decorum and an ability to unify. That has to be a part of this. So it feels Absolutely. like we're getting back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I and- mean, I I appreciated this sort of anti-establishment sentiment that we had mm-hmm. going on for a while there, but I think it was totally misplaced, right? Like you said, Tiffany, at the end of the day, you want that type of innovation and the fresh eyes. Yeah. You want that in business. You know, you yeah. see a lot of your business leaders, your Jack Dorsey's and, you know, your Warren Buffett's. A lot of these people are leading businesses that are not necessarily what they studied in school, right. you know, or they're not necessarily what they would be considered subject matter experts in. But the reality is that they were able to leverage the talents and the skills of those individuals who did have the subject matter expertise, they knew how to lead them to greatness, right? right? It doesn't work like that in politics. You already know, in in politics, you know, you go into these established sort of, uh, you know, governing structures, 
you've got people that are there that have been there for generations. And the mm-hmm. reason why they're there is because there's just certain things about getting the job done mm-hmm. that you just won't know. It's just like yep. electing the president. How many people in America actually understood the understand the process of electing a president, right? It's not Most just your popular have, vote. There's an entire right. electoral, electoral college process. And they don't understand. What is that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which they don't understand. But the people that have been there for generations, they understand it. Yep. And they, right? They're the ones who are going to ensure that the popular vote, you know, is actually uh, what we can realize with the electors, you know? It's, it's a very, you know, I... I love our country, and I love the fact that we are so um, nimble and that we can change, you know, because if, when people vote one person in, then if you don't like it, here's, here's what the result is. We get, we get to decide, hey, it's... You're fired. Yeah, that's, that's it. We're, we're moving on to another, another person. And that's the beauty of a democracy, is that the people have spoken. Now, what is interesting about this is that we had a bunch of people speak for the other side. So how do we pull those folks in and really hear what they have to say? Because we, we have to come to a consensus at some point. No, we're is- together. Like, to work together, there are some subjects that I think are non-sequiturs. Uh, equity is a non-sequitur. People need, mm-hmm. need it. A, a young man should not uh, have to worry about eight minutes and 46 seconds on his neck. You should be able to, and I don't care if you've counterfeited $20, a $20 bill, your life is worth more than the counterfeit $20 bill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, you know, that, that should not even be a question mark. Right. You know, and health equity, not a question mark. Those those are things that have to be there. I think one of the things that uh, I so appreciated about President-elect Biden's speech and even uh, Vice President Harris's introduction is that it's it was a very unifying speech. It's like we need to put this behind us and work together. One of the things that I have a big challenge, some challenges, huge challenges. We do. We have uh, 10 million Mm -hmm. COVID-19 cases now. That's Mm -hmm. that's crazy. I mean, it's it's unheard of. So and what we see with those COVID-19 cases, they're attacking people with underlying conditions. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yes, the numbers are disproportionately high in, in black and brown people. but We're seeing the same thing happening in in uh, white people. We're seeing the same thing happening uh, in populations that that, uh, previously were thought not to be touched, like children. We're seeing children um, um, infected with the virus. And and, uh, And we're seeing reinfections. That's right. They're they're not talking about that either. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you're talking about, black and brown people, so here in San Antonio, we received, what, about 400 people from El Paso, I believe it is, something like that, mm-hmm. that have uh, need hospitalization for COVID-19. So the El Paso community has about one million people in the community. Across the tiny river, Juarez, Mexico, there's about two million people. In so San Antonio... in the metropolitan area right there. Three million. Very good. Mm-hmm. In San Antonio, we have 2 million. In our metropolitan area, we have about 24 hospitals. In El Paso, they have seven. And how are they going to hit? Overrun right now. They are being being stretched now. So what happens as this moves forward? Because it doesn't look like it's slowing down. So if it's not slowing down, what are they facing? Well, how much stock do you have in uh, Pfizer? <laughs> wow! Right? Between Pfizer and Moderna and, and you know Ar- Arbidus and all these, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to look at regional hospital systems. We're going to have to look at it from a regional perspective. You can't do it city to city, county by county. You know, we've got to be real serious about 
you know, looking at reasons because this is the case in Tennessee. This is the case in Mississippi. You know, this is the case in Arkansas. You, you know, the folks that are coming to your hospitals and, and, you know, occupying those beds, most of them are not going to be locals. You know, they're going to be from other places. And let's talk about rural hospitals because really we are, we have, we have the biggest challenge that we have ever faced health wise because uh, the way that our system is, A, you can't pivot on a dime and change it. Um, though, though we've seen some amazing changes occur, mm-hmm. you, the system itself, not ha- only having seven hospitals in, in an area w- with three, three million, million people, people who need to be serviced, mm-hmm. uh, how many beds are we talking about? I mean, when you think about that, like it, it, it's, it's a frightening thought because we don't have what we need in key areas. And though I, you know, that's why people keep saying uh, we need a national response because, in, because we have the best military in the world. We, you know, hands down, and they can come in and literally build a hospital <laughs> on, a, on a football field, Absolutely. on a parking lot, or wherever yep. they need to build one and, and increase capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, tenfold if the if if that's what capacity needs to be. That's why having somebody with with some experience and some and the ability to make a decision that who is decisive is very important. And you know, well, I just have to say thank you to the American people for choosing health mm-hmm. equity. And social justice mm-hmm. for all Americans, um, ladies, and we're talking about our president-elect and this past election that we just we just had. Um, so, what were you, Deborah? Tell us what you were just about to say. Well, what I was going to say, I just shake my head, and I have to remind myself that this is the United States of America. That's right, and United. United States of America. When you think about, uh, you know, I talked to people and they said, well, I didn't really want to vote for either because I don't, I'm not a fan of either Biden or Trump. And so I just had one thing to say. If you had to have someone represent you on a world stage, do you want someone with the vocabulary of a hundred words? And that writes in 240 characters? Or do you want someone with a learned vocabulary that knows politics, that knows how to navigate the the world from a place of unity? Mm-hmm. And hands down, whether then, you like it or not, it's, it's Biden Harris. And a lot of conservatives mm-hmm. and moderates saw that. Oh, yes. You know, you have to... Part of leading a country is you have to believe in the military that mm-hmm. serves you as the mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. You have to support them in your words and your deeds. And you have to do the same with the intelligence agencies. Mm-hmm. So never... Never should there be uh, any any remarks publicly. Now, if you have some remarks privately, that is your job. You can mm-hmm. walk in there and and uh, tell everybody what what they need to know and how they need to do it. Mm-hmm. But when you get in front of a camera and on the world stage, there should not be dissent yeah. in the ranks like but- that. And you know, this is kind of what bothered me because you looked at now, you know, we grew up with Republicans, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of my family are Republicans. We love them to death. You know, we don't have any angst because of, you know, different have, you know, belonging to different parties, right? Right. Party affiliations, whatever. We don't really care. What it's about is the substance of the person. And at the end of the day, whenever you saw, like Tiffany said, there's a, there was an, there's an open letter to America that was published by your top national security experts, sitting military, joint chiefs, 
several generals where they're literally saying to us, your sitting president is a national security threat. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's never supposed to be that way. (laughs) That's never supposed to be that way. I mean, that, you know, exactly. For, for Republicans, uh, let's not discuss the other side. Republicans right within the Republican Party were unhappy. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. people jumping ship, people people Bullied. just going oh ham gosh. and and saying, Oh, I you know, I I don't support this anymore. When when I see people exiting like that, that's bad because uh one, we have to have a two party system. Mm-hmm. A two party system is important. You don't want a two-party system where one party is just uh, delegitimized because because they're associated with fringe groups. Fringe groups are are that is what they are. That's what they are. Fringe, and and are to remain there on the outside. They're not supposed to be running the country, (laughs) you know, or at least informing the dialogue in the country. So we shouldn't be uh, having these racially charged conversations led by uh, the worst of intentions. The worst of because intentions. Because racial justice is not a Democratic or Republican thing. Exactly. And that's what I need every human being. Okay with. Every human being it's, deserves it's, that. It's, it's humanity. You know, it's, it's, a, equity, it's equality rights. and equity and mm-hmm. gender parity, digital parity, all these different issues. They are not they don't belong to any particular party. They belong to us as a people. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Like I was talking to um, to a 20 something and I absolutely adore her, my younger sister. You know, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I believe in in all of your marching because she was saying. Yeah, you know, she did all her little marching and got pepper sprayed and called me up when she was pepper sprayed. Hey, how you doing? I see you pepper sprayed, sprayed this time. Okay. Then when I call her about voting, and you can, you can be mad, Nick, because I'll put you out on the streets. When I called her about voting, she voted. But she was like, I'm not watching it. I just don't even, I, I'm not connecting. And I said, you either pee or get off the pot. <laughs> because you can't say, okay, I care about mm-hmm. this, but I'm not willing to stand up mm-hmm. and say what I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this country, and there are many people that I think are great people within uh, both parties, but I'm not going to let someone who is telling people that black people are less than that uh, Hispanic children should, it's okay to, to cage them at the, at the border, at the border. Uh, mm. that, that Mexicans are criminals. I, I cannot stand by statements like that. Those are definitive statements that are wide sweeping and have the worst, the worst outcomes, the worst intention. You can't say, oh, I meant something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, you meant Debra, what you I didn't said. mean it. I didn't mean that, girl. I, I mean, you know, we put those kids in cages. It wasn't like real bad, you know. Like you can't. <laughs> that is not something you, you, can, know, you can draw back. It, from. That reminds us, you know, just you just you inspired me because thinking about that entire situation was actually pretty scary because. Yeah. We already know Bear County especially is known for, you know, child abuse, sex trafficking, mm-hmm. human trafficking in a, general. We have and a you high think about what happened to these babies on the border, right? But then you take it back historically, you look at our Native Americans and you look at how they were assimilated into American mm-hmm. uh, culture. That's exactly what happened, right? You look mm-hmm. at us, mm-hmm. African Americans, and how we were, I'm not even going to call it assimilation because it wasn't assimilation. We were creating uh, we were building what we see today. We were literally chattled off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, carted off away from our parents because we're not seen as equals. We're not mm-hmm. seen as we're seen human as property. Beings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
for me to see eight minutes and 46 seconds. Mm. All I could think mm. was never again. Mm. Never again. We may, we may have to see eight minutes and 46 seconds, but we don't have to be quiet when we're watching it. Mm-hmm. We, can, mm-hmm. we can rail against that. And that is a human railing against it. Not Republican, not Democrat. That is, that's a man, and we just watched him call for his mama. For his mother. In the last seconds of his life. And if you don't think that that's a reason to march in the streets and to be angry, then you don't have a heart. Mm -hmm. Because I don't understand how anybody can look at that and have seen that and not... And just move on to the next news cycle. You can't. It's, it's that same mindset, like LJ was saying, the same mindset that has those babies in cages at That's the border. Right. 500 children were taken from their families. They can't even identify Mm-mm. who, where, where do they, they go? You know, where do they go? So let's, uh, I mean... We've got some hard conversations to have Absolutely. in this country. Absolutely. And, and with the 70, 70 million people that didn't vote for Biden, mm-hmm. those conversations need to be had. They really Ooh. need to be had. Because I really don't believe that those 70 million people are for Cajun babies at the border. I don't believe that they're they're anti-black or anti-Hispanic. I think the 70 million people are tired of not getting raises, not getting getting the jobs that they need, not having the things that mm-hmm. they need. And the fact that that uh, we are facing the first time in American history that this generation, the next generation, is not expected to do better than... Mm-hmm. Uh, the previous one. So people are, that that's where that's coming from. A lot of that is coming from, and we need to address that because you don't want to have a whole segment of society that's angry because they're not getting what they need. This is the problem, though. That sentiment is totally misplaced, right? Like, look at, look at what's happening. The market's called it. The market's called it. While we're going through all this crap, they called it. They called the election. Mm-hmm. And they also called that a lot of these things that we saw the progress that we were making on mining, right? Like we, we're starting right. to do, you see with the electric vehicles, you need materials, right? Like you right. need uranium, you need lithium, mm-hmm. you need copper, right. right? Like all these things that we traditionally have gotten from Australia, we've gotten it from, you know, uh, 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 Botswana, we've gone, you know, to other places to get these minerals, China. We're going to start manufacturing those things right here in the United States, that wasn't something that Trump came up with by himself. Biden is going to continue all that. All those promises that were made to these, these small mining companies, you know, in Houston and wherever, wherever else over the country, that change, that commitment hasn't shifted. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a lot of this misplaced fear with a lot of these folks, you know, especially our rural, you know, rural America that was just like, you know, hey, we need a president that understands that we are drowning. You know, we're not going into tech jobs. We're not trying to right. be software engineers. We're just trying to make an honest living. And right. that's it. You know, mm-hmm. we want our manufacturing back. We want to, you know, we're going to we're going to get it back. Mm-hmm. We're gonna and, that's, get and that's you know that that has been part of the problem here is is misinformation. Oh my god, lack of information. So getting that out to people, just getting having real conversations with real information mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. Letting people know, hey, this is actually not nearly as bad as is what you think. You know people who are planning there is a reason why we plan our economy in phases you know mm-hmm. there's a reason why there are people that do nothing but uh, economic analysis mm-hmm. because we have to know that we're going to be able to sustain this population so nobody is it, it, it's not just that jobs mysteriously happen <laughs> mysteriously go away there's actually a science to this absolutely and so you know the, there needs to be better education of our people mm-hmm. so that they understand what 
there's more more to how this nation works, how it works in terms of health care, how it works in terms of of economic advantages, because there are, are opportunities. There are many. And they just don't realize that the opportunities are there. For our listeners, you know, these conversations are difficult, but they are the conversations that must be had. And it's not a uh, a political issue. It's a it's a your fellow man issue. You know, this has nothing to do with red and blue. It has everything to do with what is best for the United States. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and we're going to come back and talk about the historical ramifications of all of this. Ah. What does this mean for <laughs> black girl magic? Yes. Uh, <laughs> You've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Come back and let's have some more good conversation with good friends. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and my two good friends and guests. I couldn't think of like two people that I would want to bring in this new era you know we're closing out a tough year but we're doing it in in black girl magic style okay Mm -hmm. with (laughs) with a new president-elect and a new vice president-elect a historical moment a historical moment for uh african-american women uh asian women for all of us, I mean, to and, and especially in the hundredth year anniversary of women's suffrage, yes. like this is like a super time for females. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. One okay. of them. One of the elephants in the room is some news outlets are not even acknowledging that she is black. What? Goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, LJ shaking her head. They will acknowledge that she's half Asian. But they are not saying she is half black. And those same news outlets that I would bet 75 years ago, 50 years ago, were standing by the one drop rule. Mm-hmm. LJ, mm-hmm. tell them about the one drop rule. <laughs> one drop. Exactly. If you got one drop of black blood, maybe you is black child. <laughs> Undeniable. Know. But now, but see, now they don't want it to be. Now she's, you know, oh, she's by way of Jamaica, so she can't be black. First of all, listen, <laughs> we all came from the same place. We got dropped off in different places. Exactly. with me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what there is going go. on? There you go. Because I'm just like, who? What? Oh, you haven't seen that? Now, See, I don't, all of a sudden, I don't want to call out the well, news I don't, networks. I but. don't. I don't watch a lot of television. I don't watch a lot of television. I get my That's news good. from reading. I read as well. Uh, That's good. You know, I, so I and the re, part of the reason why I don't watch a lot of television is the girls. I, I have two little girls, yeah. and and uh, the the death rates rising <clears throat> with COVID nineteen. Has been stressful on them, and mm-hmm. we've had uh, several family members die during COVID nineteen. So as you know, it really hit home. And early on in the pandemic, after the second person died in our family, uh, my youngest daughter couldn't. She was pulling out her eyelashes and eyebrows. Mm. And she uh, just nervously, yes, and and just every day worried that uh, her dad was going to work and I was going to work, mm-hmm. and she was concerned that that we weren't gonna that we were going to get sick that we were gonna get very sick and die, and so we turned off everything to do with that. Mm-hmm. I did that probably in April, March well, or April. I have to say, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not a TV watcher either. Mm-hmm. I read my news mm-hmm. every morning. Mm-hmm. My 
the news that I read is liberal, <laughs> more to moderate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. since I'm not getting conservative news in my inbox, I have since Tuesday, <laughs> I've been watching um, the conservative networks when I turn on the TV. And now I've discovered there's this news mix channel on direct TV so you can have four screens going at once. (laughs) Lord. Now who came up with that? I know you can move to here. So you know you're watching it and anyway. So so I don't normally watch TV and people that know me know that that is not the case. But on and not the conservative network, time, yeah. not the conservative network that has just swung to more moderate that Trump is not happy with. Mm-hmm. But there are some other conservative networks out there. They are not acknowledging her as a black mm-hmm. woman. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. put that out there. Mm-hmm. It is the mm-hmm. elephant in the room. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. So they'll say her name right, but they won't say she's black. Mm-hmm. Woman. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. And And we went through that. You know, our own came after her and said the same thing they did with President Barack Obama. You know, he ain't black enough. They said the same thing about her. You know, you're not, you know, your father's Jamaican. Your relationship with your Jamaican side of the the family is not all that great. You know, that's what they're And you know know, what I have to say to people who say that, what are you saying about yourself? To black people who say something like that, I say, what are you saying about yourself? Well, and you say that somebody is not black, black enough. enough. What are you defining <laughs> as black? One, and because often uh, we will define the most negative traits and say this is what it is to be us. Yeah. I hate that because the yep. the the best that the best traits that I have that people like about me came from my community. That's where I learned them from a, mm. a black mother and a black father and from uh, black grandparents and a loving community that served me cool cups in my poor, <laughs> out, out, you know, out my, my friend's window. Her mama would sell them out, of, oh, I love it. <laughs> out the window on the side of her house, you know, had a little, little business going. I mean, you know, I grew up seven streets over from the projects, and I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Who I am today, mm-hmm. all of this fabulousness that you see now, came right from it. the hood. Well, but and the but okay. The and question all is, the goodness, you the know, question is, what is black enough? She's a bison, okay, for the listeners. She's a Hello. Howard University HBCU grad. She is a paid member, not just uh, I paid my dues when I was in college. Mm-hmm. She is a paid member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. That's why all those women were strolling. You saw them strolling. She is a paid member of Lynx Incorporated. You know, what Boom. do you want the Boom. sister girl to do? Exactly. <laughs> like, come on Boom. now. Like, because I, I, I have heard the same thing said about me. I'm sure the same thing's been said about you. I'm sure the same thing's been said about you. Um, you like, no, not me. <laughs> not the one. <laughs> we have Indian. Like we have, we have Indian. Like our my like look, dude. I get the same thing. Indian. I get the same thing, and I'm like, yeah. So, but he let me ask you a black. question, and I and I ask the same question each time. Uh, who do you think is paving the way hmm. for you? It's other people who are interacting with other ethnicities all the time. So that would be people like me. I'm not saying I'm paving the way. I'm saying right. that that it's people like us that We've are doing gotta that. got to get out there and do it. That's right. So, you know, I, I, I have this conversation all the time because everybody wants to be uh, everybody thinks that if you're black, you have to be a Democrat. I think that there should be many more black Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that and that is because if you want to be at the table, then you need to be at every table. And you need to understand Ooh, every Jesus. group. You cannot just act like every Republican is a racist because they're not. Every Republican is not out there trying to do you wrong. The tenets of the Republican Party really are that... 
uh, you know, Republicans believe in balanced budgets. They believe in in uh, looking at and letting capitalism and letting letting free markets rule and reign and letting them do what they do so that that jobs and the economy can be stimulated. You know, those are not bad things. And we need to we need to begin to understand that because a lot of the values that are there uh, exist in the black community too. And I think we saw that with some of the, the numbers in the voting this year. You know, there were there were some there there were major wins for Democrats and there were some wins for Republicans in the sense that they you can see yep. where there can be Dif- diversity in the Republican Party, if if right. they're willing to look at and and embrace uh, African Americans and uh, the various different groups within the African American community, we are not one group think. <laughs> it's not just one, you know. It's the same thing with the Hispanic community. I think they that people really realize. Wait a minute. Oh. There are Cubans and Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. and Venezuelans mm-hmm. and Mexicans. Everybody is not from the same country, and so the the values from the different places very different. Yeah, I mean, when right. you talk to a Venezuelan and you say the word socialism, they're immediately going to vote against that because they just walked out of a socialistic society Absolutely. that that fell apart. Absolutely, you know. So I mean, there's there's some real real opportunity on both sides for us to shore this up and make it better on both sides you know mm-hmm. so when i when i see this i see a lot of hope mm-hmm. when i look at at biden and harris i see a lot of hope when i look at the republican party i see a lot of hope because i see that mm-hmm. that there's if if they can reach across the aisle and work together and bring in uh, minorities more minorities and women into both groups, you're talking about an unstoppable nation. Absolutely. The, the key is the inclusion piece. That's right. It's And that's very different from diversity. Yeah. Because you can have a diverse picture, but if I can't sit at the table and order off the same menu... Then what's the point? Pay my bill, have the same server respect me just like they're going to respect someone else, and I don't... I don't have a seat at the table. Exactly. You're just saying it's a pretty picture. It's just lip service. Absolutely. It's lip service. There really has to be enough um, enough different groups represented within the Republican Party and within the Democratic Party for us to be heard, mm-hmm. for each of those groups to be heard, to have an agenda, a real agenda, not assimilation. Lord, let me get along with y'all. Let me say whatever you want. <laughs> it, it can't be that. Mm-hmm. It can't be that. You can't just mm-hmm. go along and act like everything in the black community sucks. Everything in the Hispanic community mm-hmm. sucks. You can't do that. You can't do That cannot be, which is what it has been for a while. I embrace, we embrace Deborah for who she is, mm-hmm. for all of who she is. And that's what we yeah. want there. We want that perspective Absolutely. to help us inform what, we, what we're doing next. Mm-hmm. Not, Deborah, you need to change. Get rid of the hair. Drop the cool mm-hmm. outfits. <laughs> Dampen that right. down. You know? <laughs> like, like, you know, no. But, well, but that's what's so powerful about Kamala, right? About her being the, you know, vice president of the United States elect because she's a part of that foreign other. You that's know what right. I mean? When you think about like Asian Americans, they're all they're always stereotyped, even if they are, you know, multiple generations American. They're always it's always the same like accent. You know, there's always yeah. we always otherize them, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's so powerful that we're able to to you know Put have her as VP to select because we we're forced then to recognize that she is that she's this she's this and she's not just one she's not a single issue she's not a single you know organism she's she is a whole woman a whole human mm-hmm. you know who's got a, a, a plethora of experiences oh an excellent background yes you know what i mean and and we need to love and and admire and and respect her and also you know because she's looking to serve us and and also go to her and say this is what we want you know that is our That's elected right. representative you know, you know nobody we still can hold say, her accountable 
nobody can say that uh, that that she is not about us having a nation that is is uh, well put together and well thought out. You know, when I, I think one of the things that really hurt the Democratic Party this time, though they did well, I think one of the things that hurt them was the was the phrase defund the police not the concept behind mm-hmm. it because if you actually went and read mm-hmm. the concept behind it, it's a great concept basically it's saying let's let's uh allocate funds for mental health for for communities mm-hmm. for community growth and plug it into the education and the mm-hmm. the betterment of the community mm-hmm. right Instead of plugging so much money into policing, uh, into policing mm-hmm. people and in, into into the worst things, but to when you say something as incendiary as defund the police, it immediately and there are lots of people in the Democratic Party who say the same thing. I think mm-hmm. think uh, um, I, I was looking at a couple of pundits talking about it, and they were saying, you know, it was the cat, it was the freezing. That needed to be different, but I, you know, whenever I talk to my twenty-somethings, they tell me the same thing. We tired of giving good phrases. <laughs> <laughs> we that. want an angry phrase. Let to people know. <laughs> we gotta speak in plain sometimes, <laughs> and I think that that was our part of our problem. You know, we wanted you to know, speak yeah. in plain, but we didn't actually have the firepower behind that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to make it happen. You know, but what I I believe that one of the things that we have to do is address that piece, not the not the phrasing. You know, set aside the phrasing. Let's look at at what absolutely needs to be done in these communities, uh, because we're at a time where we can do that, and it and it is imperative. Camden, New Jersey, is a great example of of what can be done and how well. Uh, a community can uh, recover from having uh, an eight minutes and 46 second type place mm-hmm. to uh, a community where people actually trust the police. If you want that, then it's, then it's, it cuts both, both ways. The, the police have so much that they have to do and the community has so much that they have to do. Uh, and you have to, to get to the table and, and have the difficult conversation. Nobody wants to hear that they have racist people in their ranks and that they're tolerating them, but you do and you are. So how, how do we get them out? And how do we then build trust in the community? You, we've got examples like Camden, New Absolutely. Jersey. So why not utilize them? Yeah. Well, and, and I think people forget that if I'm wondering how I'm going to feed my family, Mm-hmm. If I'm wondering how I'm going to pay my bills, mm-hmm. if I'm wondering now even about my children being educated, and the list goes on and on and on and on, then you've put me really in survival mode. And uh, my friend William Tut, who d- does work with Bear County Justice Department, he talks about PTSD from a different perspective. If we have been programmed to be beaten, if you know a beating is coming, you are going to flee. It is, that's, and that's genetically, inherently, what is going to happen. With every human being. So if you put me in survival mode, and now you're coming for me, which is what, in a lot of communities, police officers are seen as I'm coming for you. Then I am either going to flee because the master has beat me enough that genetically that's what I'm going to do or I'm going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. So the basic principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that needs to be ingrained in our system. We should not live in a city that is economically segregated. We just shouldn't. We shouldn't have houses with holes in the floor. And I'm not telling you what I think, 
that's what what I'm telling you what I've seen Mm -hmm. so anyway I could go on and on and on about that but we do need to look at how do we take this law and order piece which is so not justice so we need to take out law and order Take that phrasing out because that is a we need supreme take, we need, phrasing. We need to take out law and order, and we need to take out the idea of of the militarization of the police because they should not be. Mm-hmm. They are not a military force. No. When we have to have should the military justice. in, that's right. When we have to have the military in. That's different from from you know like like these no knock orders. Since when oh my God. do you need to, to just go bust in somebody's door to pick him up? You know he's going to the quick and mart at 7. <laughs> pick him up when he, when he goes. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, no, but, but that's right. the they truth. Do know that. That's the truth. Like, nobody is just holed up, just in there. Just hold up in their eye. They're leaving and doing different. So pick them up when they go somewhere that they're not supposed to. You know, they walk out the door. Mr. Johnson, you under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and you know, like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be crazy. And for the no knock order for Brianna Taylor, it was how many months old? Like and it was a previous boyfriend. Like you know, but my thing is, okay, where was the, if you're supposed to be this stealthy military organization? Then where was the surveillance so you could see? Oh, wait a minute. That don't look like the same guy. Or, oh, wait a minute. Uh, we're at the wrong house. You know, because they, they've done that before. And what about the guy that they went busting in on and he was ex-military and he shot a whole bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happens to somebody like that? You know, who was like, I don't know who, these people just came rushing into my place. And he didn't kill the last one the last person that was left standing because by then he figured out, oh, I think this might be some police officers that's trying to bust up in here. You know? <laughs> you know? Like, hmm. and it didn't even have to go down like that because everybody, most people are not just holed up in their homes Mm-mm. for and weeks and months at a time. They are roaming around mm-hmm. doing stuff, so go pick them up. on. I don't see why that should exist. No, those are not warrants. Absolutely. Like, they don't have a real Mm -hmm. reason for that. We're going to defend our home. Exactly. We have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. So. And to come in and and, uh, shoot someone, kill someone, and then throw the little boyfriend in jail when, because he was firing back at him. I mean, it's like, okay. We've got to have. It's crazy. We got to come up with some better solutions than Mm -hmm. this. Some of the stuff, this is the greatest nation on earth. I do believe that. So I think we have enough uh, intellectual fervor to be able to figure out how to arrest someone without killing up everybody in in the place when you don't need to. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. Ladies, what are we going to do? To celebrate? Hmm. <laughs> no. Or what are we going to do to make a difference? To make a difference. To make a difference. I like the celebration part too. Well, now, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm always down for a mimosa. <laughs> but, <laughs> but serious, seriously, uh, policy change. Like really, to this is the time. There has never been a better time for us. As African Americans with voices, as women with voices, as uh, young people, and this is for all of you 20 somethings, I'm glad that y'all are willing to march. So, march yourselves on down to, some, to your legislator's office and find out how you can get involved in policy making because it's policy that changes the world. Marches are great. But at the end of your march, you need to have what your political agenda is and where you want to go and get that policy written and start lobbying for it and pushing it through. Tiffany, what do you think? There's there's a number of uh, we have a new Bear County commissioner. That's a, a woman. Actually, we have two. But I'm thinking now of mm-hmm. Becky Flores Clay. Thank you. For 
who is number one, commissioner of the number one district. And we have a number of city council women. We have uh, a new constable. Oh, my God. Catherine Brown, African-American female. Mm-hmm. Bear I saw her. Constable. I think we need to figure out how we can get these women together. That would be amazing. And share maybe what their jurisdiction is and how they can affect policy and how what we is. can hold them accountable to make a change for us. You know, we need to invite them on to On the Record with Tiffany and let's talk to them and see it. what and, and do and, and find out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. becoming a constable, there's a new, it's a new world and a new order. So let's see where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. just getting people in a room together or just on a Zoom together, <laughs> Zoom call, <laughs> um, <laughs> folks can, it, all of a sudden, great ideas mm-hmm. and a pathway, a real pathway comes together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what we want to see here. Like, let's not let this momentum die or dampen. Mm-hmm. We getting our country moving down the right path requires everybody that has a voice and everybody that has a platform to get out there and make it happen mm-hmm. and, and voice mm-hmm. an opinion. You know whether whether you're whether people believe in in what you're saying or not, um, you still need to present the perspective and try to integrate what we think is right into our society. And ladies, mm-hmm. we got to end it there. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.